KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, February 3rd. The ups and downs of Sheriff Bill Gore's tenure. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The latest COVID-19 surge is subsiding, but that didn't stop San Diego County from passing another pandemic milestone. Over 700,000 cases have been confirmed since the pandemic started two years ago. Eric Topol is with Scripps Research Translational Institute. He says 90% of Americans would need to be vaccinated for a chance at ending the pandemic. We're still far from that. So we're highly vulnerable uh, here in San Diego and, and actually throughout California and the United States. San Diego's vaccination tracker shows 80% of county residents are fully vaccinated, while 91% of residents have first doses. Savai Seau has been identified as the man who died in a head-on collision with a big rig near Lakeside on Tuesday. He's the brother of former San Diego Chargers linebacker Junior Seau, who died in 2012. Savai was 56. California is currently sitting at 92% of its historical average of mountain snow in January, down from 160% in December. Sean DeGuzman heads the snow surveys at the State Department of Water Resources. That one dry month of January basically wiped out whatever head start we had as we head towards the end of winter. Uh, we still have about two more months to build up our snowpack, but we all need to be prepared for a third consecutive dry year. Much of the state is still in severe drought, though San Diego and Imperial counties are in moderate drought. Melting snowpack makes up about a third of the state's water supply. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Today is San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore's last day on the job. He's 74 and was elected sheriff three times. Overall, he's spent more than half a century in law enforcement. KPBS's Amitha Sharma has more on the legacy he leaves behind. Bill Gore took office in early 2011 after serving as interim sheriff for 18 months. It was a rough and painful time. The swine flu hit county jails, and two teenage girls, Amber Dubois and Chelsea King, were murdered within 13 months of each other. I don't think the men and women of the San Diego Sheriff's Department 
could have performed any better than they did during this last 18 months. They've just been incredible. Before joining the Sheriff's Department, Gore spent 30 years working for the FBI. He was special agent in charge for the San Diego office on 9-11. Some say that job taught him the importance of collaboration. And so we're all working together and not in silos. He had the respect of every police chief and certainly the respect of the DA's office. San Diego County District Attorney Summer Stephan lauds Gore for co-creating the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force and forming special units for sex crimes and cold cases. She says she and Gore were instrumental in pushing for special mental health crisis stabilization units. He deserves credit for a lot of positive and a lot of why this area is looked at as a really great symbol for professional policing. I think he would own all of those positives and, you know, would also take responsibility for the things that are negative. Many say the negatives outnumbered the positives during Gore's tenure. During his first year in office, the Sheriff's Department faced intense scrutiny for how it handled the case of Rebecca Zahau. In July of 2011, Zahau was found hanging in a Coronado mansion. And though she had been bound and gagged, Sheriff's Department investigators concluded she had died by suicide. Zahau's family believed she was murdered by her boyfriend's brother, Adam Shackney. A civil jury agreed in found Shackney liable for Zahau's death. In the years that followed, Gore continued to face accusations that he had rushed to judgment. He would not be interviewed for this story, but in 2018, he told a reporter that the suicide ruling followed a careful investigation. We didn't start off saying, well, this is suicide, and then gather information and facts to prove that it was a suicide. We kept an open mind until the last piece of evidence, forensic evidence, was examined. In 2017, Gore faced the public's ire for the conduct of his deputies. More than a dozen local women accused Deputy Richard Fisher of sexual assault and misconduct. He just scared me so bad that I would never let an officer in my house again. Many of the women blamed Gore for not firing Fisher quickly enough. Gore disagreed. When the second allegation came in, he was removed from the field. And shortly after more victims came forward, we put him on administrative leave out of the office. Later that year, Gore again came under fire for failing to discipline Deputy Christopher Villanueva, who shot and killed Jonathan Coronel while trying to serve a search warrant. It was Villanueva's second fatal shooting in 10 months. These gentlemen were unarmed. They may have been gang affiliated, but that was splashed all over the news to defame and re-traumatize the family and criminalize the individual. Yusuf Miller is with the Racial Justice Coalition. He described Gore as a skilled politician. Some complaints were backed up by data. A 2021 study by the Center for Policing Equity found that San Diego Sheriff's deputies were four times as likely to use force against black people than whites. Black pedestrians were also stopped three and a half times more frequently. Deaths in sheriff-operated county jails have also dogged Gore. A 2019 investigation by the San Diego Union-Tribune showed the department had the highest death rate of California's largest counties. Gore told KPBS he disagreed with the methodology used by the paper. Gore chose to retire earlier than expected to care for his ailing wife, Natalie. He called her his staunchest supporter at his last swearing-in. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News.
Some San Diego County communities will soon have a choice on what kind of power they use. But KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has found some customers are confused about the choice. Uh, confusion. I uh, didn't understand why I were doing this. Bob Siminski and other Imperial Beach residents we spoke with have a lot of questions about mailers telling them they will now be receiving their power from San Diego Community Power, the nonprofit community energy utility. Customers are automatically enrolled and must opt out to stay with SDG&E. I'm going to still have to pay the original people I paid to begin with. So who are these people that are coming in here? as interlopers. Imperial Beach will be the first city to be enrolled in the community utility. Soon, customers in Encinitas, La Mesa, Chula Vista, and San Diego will have the same decision to make. It's really hard for local government to communicate to its constituents what it's doing, even really, really good things for people. Dr. Stephanie Pincel is a professor at the Institute of the Environment and Sustainability at UCLA and an expert on these newer community choice aggregators. She says it's important communities making the switch know what the community utility is and their motivation. The impetus for creating these um, they're called Clean Power Alliances across the state, has been to offer more opportunity for customers to purchase electricity that is generated by renewables than the um, investor-owned utilities have done in the past. She says community aggregators buy more renewable power in bulk than reinvest in their program. You're not paying shareholders a revenue on the company, right, on your sales. So the investor-owned utilities um, generally pay their, their investors uh, a, a rate of return of around 10%. If you have a publicly owned utility, they don't do that, right? It's publicly owned. Profit is not part of what you generate. But customers will be paying SDG&E because the utility owns the power lines and will be servicing them. The community utility pays a fee to use the lines and send power to their customers. For most customers, they won't notice much change at all, if anything, except maybe a little bit of a savings on their bill. Cody Hooven, the chief operating officer of San Diego Community Power, says customers will see more of their power coming from renewable sources at a savings of about 1 to 2 percent. They can also choose to opt up, that is, pay a little more for more green energy. A typical residence, a couple dollars more a month and you could be 100 percent renewable electricity. You can opt out of San Diego Community Power at any time without a fee, but SDG&E will charge a processing fee of $1.20 to return after the 60-day opt-out period and will not allow you to return to the public utility for a year. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Some rural San Diego County residents could get $40,000 to make their homes more fire safe. iNews Source reporter Kamivon Cannell has more. Dulcera resident Jack Dillander said it's hard for his neighbors to do the work to protect their homes from wildfire. It's not that they don't want it done. It's not that they are not afraid. They're scared of fire, but it's very expensive to do this kind of stuff and they just don't have the money to do it. Low incomes are partly why the state chose Dulcera to pilot the new program, which will bring $24 million to San Diego County to help backcountry residents. The aid comes after the county abandoned a smaller but similar program. For KPBS, I'm iNews Source reporter Camille Von Canel. iNews Source is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. 
The National Football League has awarded $1 million to two medical research teams to study the impact cannabis and CBD have on pain management and recovery from sports-related injuries. One of those teams is at UC San Diego. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says the study will include both THC and CBD remedies. UC San Diego is one of two research facilities that will assess the potential for cannabis to relieve soft tissue injuries in elite athletes. Dr. Mark Wallace is the head of the UC San Diego Division of Pain Medicine. He believes cannabis will prove to be a better pain remedy than what's currently used in the NFL. A very high percentage of professional athletes have been exposed to opioids, and many of them continue on opioids after they retire. So I think that's one of the reasons the NFL is, is, is interested in this. He also says the initial trial will not only evaluate pain relief and recovery, but also any effects on physical function, sleep, cognition, and mood. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, students in Southeast San Diego have a new resource for getting into college, and it has nothing to do with schoolwork. If you're a good player, it's mental. Like, it's mental, it's experience. You've got to think your way around the court. You've got to use those tactics to be able to win. School and squash. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The community of Southeast San Diego is getting some new resources to help children reach college and their career goals. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us about the unexpected collaboration between a charter school and the old English game of squash. There is a distinct sound to squash. The old English game played to score points with rackets, slamming small rubber balls against the walls of a court. I guess the big question is, why is it called squash? It's because the ball's squashing. That's the simple explanation from Dion Safri, squash manager at the Access Youth Academy on Euclid Avenue in southeast San Diego. The academy offers squash lessons on the courts and academic tutoring in a classroom after school. Neighborhood charter school students are invited to both. Safri says it's a perfect combination. If you're a good player, it's mental. Like, it's mental, it's experience. You've got to think your way around the court. You've got to use those tactics to be able to win. Even if you're not a great player, there are benefits. 11-year-old Teresa Joy says she's not a great player, and she loves it here. It's a really safe place where everyone can help you, and 
It just gets your mind off of things when you're in the court. Share a little bit about that, okay? Teresa is a sixth grade student at the nearby KIPP Adelante Preparatory Academy, a tuition-free charter that opened about a year ago at its new location, just steps from the Euclid Avenue trolley station. As a public charter school, there is an extended school day, allowing students more time for study and extracurricular activities, like learning to play squash through the Access Youth Program. Adelante is a Spanish word that means ahead or making progress. The charter is also about choice, according to school leader Roxanne Cowperthwaite. We want it to be a choice for them, for them to say, okay, I want to go to college because this is the pathway that will open for me. Or I have a choice to be able to maybe not pursue college, however I pursue a path that is best for me. The Adelante School currently has 370 students who live in the neighborhood and also commuters who come from as far away as Barrio Logan in downtown. There is room for almost 100 more students in this program, offering strong academics, social-emotional learning, and a physical and mental health curriculum. Carolina Izuna is a 7th grade student who never expected to find her way from class to a squash court. Two people came in my classroom and they talked about squash and they talked about how it could help with college the program can help with college and like your health the game of squash is intentional in this combination of learning and athletics squash is not widely played at many colleges and not as competitive for scholarships as other sports Aiden Fente is a 10th grade charter student happy to help her odds. I have pretty big ambitions, I would say, like academic-wise. So it'd just be really cool, I think, to like offset that with another sport. The Access Youth Academy for tutoring and squash lessons and the new Adelante campus are part of a master plan to redevelop and infuse resources into a 60-acre area of southeast San Diego. The plan is partially funded by the Jacobs Center for Neighborhood Innovation. Reginald Jones is the president and CEO. We hope within that uh, to demonstrate a way of community building that can be modeled in other areas to build out the entire of southeastern San Diego and create a more vibrant place. For now, the charter school and Squash Academy continue recruiting for more students. Young Teresa Joy reminds us she's happy to already be a member of both. I do want to be a pro squash player, but if it comes to a job, maybe like a nurse or a dentist. Squash player or a nurse? Yeah. She and many other students now have more choices as they continue their journey in the classroom and on a squash court. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.